Okay, we're in. Hello, inter- oh, Ryan. What what are you doing there? Is that? It's my Scarlet Witch crown. Can't you tell? Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. I do my best, Joe. <laughs> okay. Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Close Up. I'm your co-host, Joe. And I'm Ryan. Marvel Studios had a big week in early May. I would say this week, but uh, this episode's sure to release later than that. We received both the Moon Knight finale and the long-awaited Doctor Strange sequel. Ryan and I have opinions on both, though primarily on Doctor Strange. We'll talk about Moon Knight if there's time, but it's not our primary concern. If there's time. But we'll almost 100% make the time, because we're excited to share our opinions on that. Be warned, we will be discussing full spoilers for Multiverse of Madness, Moon Knight, and the WandaVision Disney Plus show. Maybe Deadpool 2 as well, not because it's relevant, but because I have a comparison to make. So be warned on that. Okay, so we're going to zoom into our medium shot, and I'm going to take this costume off. So before continuing, we want to give our micro... You're supposed to do, like, the full flip. You got to do the flip. There you go, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Before continuing, we want to give our micro-reviews of the original Doctor Strange film and discuss our hype level going into the sequel. Also, what was our previous relationship with Moon Knight like before starting his series? Ryan, you want to go? So, literally the day of, I didn't do anything except watch WandaVision, all of it, and Doctor Strange. I was a hermit. I watched both of them. Rewatched both of them. It made me like WandaVision a lot more. Watching it the second time around. Us being film nerds, it like it literally goes through TV history of how each sitcom of each era of the 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever, goes through. And it's just a great story overall. And I'll make a comparison between WandaVision and Moon Knight later. Because a lot of people okay. probably forgot about something. And I also watched Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange is one of my personal favorite movies, uh, just based on visuals. Uh, personal favorite Marvel movies. Um, I think it's underrated. The villain is a bit weak, but the visuals were spectacular, and I was able to watch it on Disney Plus with IMAX, which is a feature on some plot television things, but television things. I did not know so about it, this. It looked, it looked amazing. Probably should have watched it in theater in IMAX, but it was all sold out. Mm. But other than that, I enjoyed both of them. I was relatively excited to watch this movie, but also a little skeptical. Okay. Because I saw some reviews come out being like, it's okay. And that did kind of sway my opinion a little bit. But also, I went into it with a little bit low expectations. And I was still surprised of the product that was produced. Mm. And with Moon Knight, I knew nothing. I just knew he was cool. And he is. Alright, my review of Doctor Strange, the original, good, but I wanted it to be stranger. It was too safe for my <laughs> for my tastes. Doctor That's Strange. Al- yeah. Doctor Strange I've always known to be a very weird kind of going through multiverse hopping and stuff like that. So, you know, go to weird worlds. So I was surprised and delighted to see that Multiverse of Madness appeared to be going bigger, bolder, more unhinged, and get Sam Raimi to direct? Take my money. My hype level was very high until, like Ryan said, I saw the first wave of criticisms. That tempered my expectations a few days before I saw the film. Probably a good idea to temper your expectations if you're still watching this spoiler review for some reason and haven't seen the movie. As for Moon Knight, I knew next to nothing about that character. I knew he had multiple personalities, that he was based around Egyptian mythology, and that a lot of people call him Marvel's Batman. And that was all. So I went into that series with fresh eyes, had high hopes, because I love Oscar Isaac, and had no preconceived notions to judge the show by. And that brings us to our close-up. Let's talk Multiverse of Madness. I don't know how to feel. (laughs) On a scale of two thumbs up to two thumbs down, I'm giving this movie one thumb down. Is that how we're going to do the scale system? 
scale system from now on? It's like nearly two thumbs sideways, wow. but one thumb down. I would say frozen. But I like your scaling system, and I think that's what we'll do from now on. <laughs> two thumbs. Two so you thumbs. give it one thumbs down out of two thumbs up. I'm like medium, but here's the this thumb is this thumb is leaning down. Here's the thing. I think I'll give my review at the end because I'm in between. Because I had fun watching it, but I also had problems with it. Just as a film altogether. I see this is a film that I'll admit it, even from the very beginning, I could not get myself invested in this in Multiverse of Madness. I thought the beginning was very interesting. You know, they're multiversal Doctor Strange and America Chavez are being traced by a by a demon. Okay, this is a really cool beginning. I was I was interested. I was I was looking at what's happening on screen and being like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then it gets to Doctor Strange going to Christine's wedding and I'm like, okay, so some character moments here. This is okay, but I'm still mm-hmm. not really invested in the movie. And then it just keeps getting crazier. But even from that beginning where it's just big CGI fest and great visuals and whatnot, but I just could never get myself invested in the story. I was entertained by it. I'm kind of just watching this happen mm-hmm. and I'm not and I'm not upset about it, but it's not connecting with me as a on an emotional right. level. I hear I'm just kind of watching I'm just kind of watching this happen. That's definitely what it was for me for like the first few few 20 minutes of this movie cuz I don't have a big as big like I'm not as I won't say critical, but uh put off by C- big CGI fights as you are, because you're so used to them by now. And I've seen they, too many. They don't impress you that much. Yeah. But I thought I thought it looked great. I was entertained by it, but, and again, uh, I'll go into her more of why I don't like her as a character. America Chavez. Just in this movie. Yeah. I know nothing but, about America Chavez before this movie. This is my first introduction her. to her. Like, even as a even as a comics nerd, Marvel's starting to adapt characters that I know nothing about, which it's kind of, I kind of like that as a fan. Like we were talking about, mm-hmm. I kind of alluded to a little bit with Moon Knight. I know nothing about that. And I like seeing these characters I know nothing about. America Chavez did not impress me, but I also had no preconceived notions to judge her based off. Right. So that's a positive, but it's also, mm-hmm. she didn't make a great impression either. So the only thing that I can say that was really impressive in this was the visuals and the action. I think the action was done very well. I think a lot of the visuals, a lot of the camera work was done very well. The Sam Raimi has always been a great action director, Mm -hmm. but in terms of character and certain character moments, he is not great in them. I don't know if we want to start off I think he handled them very well in, in the Spider-Man trilogy. I think Sam Raimi does care about character. He definitely cared about the spider Oh, we're cutting out again. Oh, no, you're cutting oh, out oh. again. It's almost like Sam Raimi doesn't want us to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, what I was going to say, I do think Sam Raimi cares about character. I think he cared very much about the Spider-Man character when he was adapting those movies. Except Venom. Except Venom. He did not care for Venom. That's pretty famously talked about. An insult. Now, I do think Sam Raimi... I don't think there's anything in this movie was Sam Raimi's fault. I think, I don't know who the writer is. I think it was, I think this was a script problem, like a concept problem, a script problem. And Sam Raimi did the best he could with what he was dealt. I thought this movie was very well directed, actually. Just looking at the visuals of the movie, the way the camera moved, the way it was edited together. I think this is way better directing than you see in your average Marvel movie Mm -hmm. from these indie directors they usually get who are decent in their fields, but don't really know how to do action because Marvel's pulling them from smaller movies and training them. But Marvel has a whole crash course where they train indie directors on how to do proper action. But Sam Raimi's a veteran, and you can, you can tell the difference between this and your average Marvel movie. So the writer for Multiverse of Madness has done two things. Mm-hmm. A movie called Heels, or a show, and Loki. I've heard of Heels, but I don't know anything about it. And Loki was 
I've talked about it before. I, I know you don't like it, but I like no, it. No, I like it. No, I like Loki. I'm very like I'm very mixed on Loki. There's some mm. th- there's some Marvel things I love, some I very much do not like. Loki is very firmly in the middle. Mm-hmm. Very true. Anyway, should we go for, like story beat by story beat, or how should we do this? I think we should just talk about our major thoughts on it. Okay. And see, because story beat by story beat. Well, yeah. I mean, we, ju- we just saw the movie last night for the first time, and I don't know about Ryan, but I don't remember that much detail. I'm going to start with the n- negatives first. Because I think it's good to end on a positive. We might start off with the negatives, but I don't know if I'll ever get off it. But Ryan could keep. <laughs> Ryan could try. I get no help here. I it's, it's all me. I want to be. Po- I really want to be positive, but this movie was. It disappointed me. I didn't dislike it, but it, it disappointed me. So the one thing I I really hate. I really did not like. Once again, I told you I rewatched all of Wandavision. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, her arc from good guy to straight up villain is so quick. It is so fast. Even for someone who watched WandaVision, it's still, it's not, it's not like it comes out of left field because you have, but it's just kind of like that scene in particular to me felt rushed. It felt really rushed to me. Cause now, it's, what, I, what I will say is in defense of that, I didn't mind it being rushed, if only because they did say in the movie that all that time she spent with the book was corrupting her mind. Yes. So even though she had clearly spent some time off between WandaVision and this mm-hmm. show, so WandaVision was starting her arc, and that book just kind of took the bad that was already growing in her and made it worse. So I, it would be jarring, but I didn't mind the change. Right. No, my, my, uh, my reason isn't for is for like why it happened it was just more so on how that scene was directed or edited in sort of way because yes there's there's trailers and everybody watches the trailers and can like get a sense of what what's happening like wanda's probably the villain but when years later down the road when you're showing this to someone who hasn't seen it you have to set that up well and what i think a moment that was particularly way too rushed was steve Doctor Strange's realization that, like, I never told you her name. And they were just like, oh, yeah, yeah, by the way, this is all fake. I thought there should have been at least, this is like a direction critique where, and I get it, you have to, like, move, you have to get going. This is a very action heavy movie. So you, but there is, you should have moments where there's moments to pause. Like, in my opinion, what would have made the scene better is if it was just like a shot of her back, just like being silent. Mm-hmm. and him just being like, I never told you who it was, and she's just like, oh, yeah, I guess you didn't. That would have added to, like, the the horror aspect of of this movie for me. Isn't that how it played out, though? That's how I remember No, it it's literally Not- so quick. It's so quick. It's like, I never told you who she was. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Zoom. It's that it's that quick. And the zoom is me getting rid of the apple trees, whatever the fucking tree is. It's like, oh, it smells like apples. There's no apples. Yeah. I'm so confused. I'm not a farmer, but there's no apples. Okay. I think now I told you I had a rant. If we're talking about Wanda, I think I need to go on my rant now. Go. I hate what they did with her at the very end. So, okay. So let me get this straight, Marvel. So your, so your arc for Wanda is... Her parents get killed, her brother gets killed, she has to kill Vision, her kids die, she lost everything, she turns into a villain, goes mass murder, and then fucking kills herself! That's the fucking ending of... (laughs) I was so... Okay, and that also feeds into my theory of Marvel for killing off all their fucking villains for ten years. (laughs) Let her live, let her have consequences, give her a damn redemption arc. They're playing in the... I don't care if she was sacrificing herself to avoid temptation or whatever. I get that. But the fact that she died... She, she killed herself, which is way too depressing for me <laughs> after mm-hmm. all the tragedy she's been through. That, that's how they end it. They treat her like a villain, and that's how she mm-hmm. ends it. Have some balls to keep her going, Marvel. Have yeah. some actual consequences for, for this stuff. 
have a story that keeps going. Don't just freaking end it because the villain needs to die at the end of every one of your movies. Here's the thing, though. We don't see a body. And it's also Elizabeth Olsen. She is such a huge fan base, especially for this franchise, that she could come back. Also, it's a multiverse. Anything could happen. I don't, stakes, Wanda's, I don't think R. Wanda's coming back. R. Wanda's not coming back, but a different Wanda probably is. And that's what's frustrating me, though, because they get to get, they have to get their... They get to have their cake and eat it, too, now, because you can kill Scarlet Witch, R. Mm-hmm. Wanda, and then you can bring her back in the multiverse, like, you know, the other version of her with the, with the twins, which, fine. I would like to see her back, evidently, otherwise I wouldn't be mm-hmm. yelling so much, but <laughs> just... I know, yeah, I hear... But there's no stakes when you can just kill one version of Wanda to bring back a better version of her from another universe. What a cop-out. And what did the, what did the good Wanda say to the evil Wanda? Because in my theater... They will be loved? I think that's what you said. Because in my theater was really quiet. Because I wasn't in AVX, I was just in regular theater. And there was, like, these two people, like, kept whispering to each other. Oh. The whole time. Yeah. And they weren't, they were, like, distracting to me because they were right in front of me. But, like, she also whispered it, and, like, all I heard was, be loved at the end. I was like, what the fuck did she say? Yeah, she, I, I thought she it was they, so quiet. They will be loved, is what she told Evil Wanda. They will be loved. Just to, I was like, is she going to break out into song? Sure. Also, why the fuck isn't Vision in this movie? I know! I, I was, was like, expecting... Is White Vision going to talk her down? White Vision to show up! Is he why gonna are you going to... Why are you going to set up White Vision if you're not going to use him at all? Where not is even, he? Not even where? in the other reality. In the other reality where she's happy with her kids, she doesn't even have Vision in that reality. Could you not you afford Paul Bettany? Because you used all the money on all your guest stars? A.K.A. the Illuminati? I also heard... Oh, I'll get into that. But I also heard this movie was supposed to be something like... I just read this the other day. I think Sam Raimi said the movie was supposed to be like two hours, 40 minutes, and then they chopped half an hour out of it. So maybe he was in there. Who knows? In a longer cut of the movie. If this movie is supposed to be what everyone thought it was, where it's supposed to change the MCU, which it doesn't. Not at all. changes nothing, which is my biggest disappointment. I thought this movie was going to change the MCU. Not like a huge way, but like consequential-wise. But it changes nothing. So the fact... Not even a little bit. So if there was a two hour and 40 minute, and in those 30 minutes that got cut, something did change it drastically, I would have stayed and watched it. Yeah, like, screw it. Absolutely. But the pacing was... That's another criticism of mine on the... I do think the editing and the directing was really good for the most part, but the pacing was also off. And I feel like that's... Mm -hmm. I feel like that's why. It was a little over two hours, but it felt way longer. And unintentional funny moments when they're all running from Wanda in the tunnel mm-hmm. and the last door closes and they all stop and literally at least five people are like, go in my theater. Like, That's what I was thinking stop? too. Why you stopped running? Go. It's a tense moment, but your illogic is baffling. And then she, and then she like emerges out of nowhere. I, I. Okay, can I get into, like, my, the Illuminati thing, and we'll, we'll cover the Illuminati just slightly, and then I want to get into my Deadpool 2 comparison the that I had. Only, only incredible scene in the movie. Okay, only so the- Only incredible. Alright, so, you know, how, how much did everyone freak out to see John Krasinski? Oh, here's, here's my reaction. Here we go, here we go. Holy shit! It's John Krasinski! And then I proceeded to get kicked out of the theater. So you were underwhelmed is what I gather. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I saw it coming. No, but like, is that the first time where, uh, because uh, he he's never been announced as being cast as it. No, not even, but not even a little bit. It is was that all the fan- first time where like a fan casting has come true in a way? I think it's the first time they surprised us so much with the fan casting. I don't think it's... It like, has to be. Be Emily Blunt as Sue Storm now. When we're talking fan castings, I feel like a lot of people fan casted Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange before his first movie. Mm -hmm. That one was kind of perfect choice. Yeah. Okay. No brainer. We'll do that because fans want him, and sure, why not? So I don't think it's the first time a fan casting's happened, but it's definitely one of the best. I'm re I'm rewatching The Office right now. 
the first I'm on like season four, I think. Mm-hmm. And John John Krasinski's in it. So this this was a bit of surprise to me because no, you didn't see this coming. It was in none of the promotion. Why is it wasn't it? in anything. Yeah. And everyone in my theater freaked out. We didn't hear what they said after that. We we're just like, holy shit. Because it's like, oh yeah. Disney bought Fox and they have the rights to Fantastic Four. It was an amazing moment when he showed up for sure. And he plays it, he plays it so well. Just the like I don't know much about Reed Richards besides from like the 2000s film, but he's like the only thing I know about Reed Richards is that he's a man of such intellect. He's got a massive ego and his ego pretty mm-hmm. much causes his ego nearly causes more problems for the Fantastic 4 than most of their villains. Because he's so overconfident in himself. But for as little screen time as the Illuminati gets, I think they did a great job. And I don't think they mm. should have gotten more because this is a Doctor Strange. This is a Wanda movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they should call yeah. it Wanda okay, and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, see, I would have been happier with this movie if they did just if they did just call it Multiverse Wanda- of Madness. Multiverse of Madness. It's this movie is Wanda featuring Doctor Strange. Yeah. This movie is a better sequel to WandaVision than Doctor Strange. Yeah. There's not much character-wise. She carries the whole movie. That happens with Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, this is one of my biggest criticisms of the movie. Doctor Strange, nothing really happens with him. It feels like this is business as usual mm. for him. He's he's the Sorcerer Supreme. Okay, Wong's the Sorcerer Supreme, but he's the former Sorcerer Supreme who... I love that does, they're still keeping that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Who does these things, this just feels like business as usual, you know? Like, oh, this girl shows up, multiverse craziness stuff. Like, yeah, I'll do that because I'm a superhero and that's my job. Wanda's trying to destroy the multiverse. Yeah, I guess I'll handle that. But he kind of just got thrown into this story and he's doing it because, yeah, that's what heroes do. But he had no emotional investment in this story whatsoever Mm -hmm. until he found Christine, which, yeah, he's kind of getting some perspective on himself. And these other Doctor Stranges who are all apparently worse than him in many ways, which, okay, that's all right. <laughs> he should have been like, that wasn't me. Every, per- every like, multiverse version of anyone he knows that shows up like, Your do- our Doctor Strange was bad. He's just like, I haven't done anything. I didn't do anything wrong. It's not me. Exactly. Like he- but he just takes it. Also fucking Mordu. Mordu? Mordo or whatever. I thought it was our universe's Mordo. Yeah. And he's the only one who survived that Illuminati massacre. So what, are they going to bring back that version of Mordo next time? But like, it's not, it's a different universe. And he talks about how our universe, our 616 universe, was like, oh yeah, and he's tried to kill me multiple times. When? Where is he? Is he dead? Is he, is he in a cave somewhere? You can't set that up at the at an end credit of Doctor Strange. And the thing I, I know because I watched it, which is annoying because one of the few things I know about Doctor Strange is that Baron Mordo is his arch nemesis. Is so I assume he'll be the villain of Doctor Strange three, whether it's the original one or this one. I have to assume that because it's kind of like Iron Man three finally getting the Mandarin, while well, the fake Mandarin to be. Tony Stark's nemesis, because in the comics, the Mandarin was Iron Man's arch nemesis. So, oh, are you going out again? Doing this again. What the hell's anyway, going on here? Where were we? We were talking about the Ill- about, the Illuminati. Yeah, Mordo or whatever. Oh, so uh, Mordo. Who's in, Mordo's who's, where. Yeah, who's in the Mordo's? Just a big disappointment because they haven't used them at all in the main universe. Mm-hmm. And then when they bring him in this universe, he's friends with him. It's just there's a lot of like potential that happened with this movie and it just kind of like fell flat. Also, I don't know if Marvel said this was going to change the MCU or not. I don't think they did. I think that was just fan hype. Should have. I think that was just fan hype. When you call when you call your movie the Multiverse of Madness and you hint that the Illuminati is in it, Mm -hmm. it should shake it up a little bit. You know what, let's talk about the Illuminati a bit, because there were some bits I liked there, and a bit, and quite a bit I didn't. So we already talked about John Krasinski! As as Mr. Fantastic. I loved it. He looks so good. 
The part that was most shocking to me, okay, well, you called Peggy Carter was going to be in it because you said uh, in our last Marvel video, because you were talking. I have a criticism with Captain Carter. Okay, we'll get to there. So Peggy Carter was in it. Maria Rambo, her name's Maria, right? Yeah. Yeah, Maria Rambo is Captain Marvel in this universe. And I was shocked to see Black Bolt. I never watched the Inhuman show. I heard it was terrible. I heard it was bad. Terrible. But I was actually, I was really happy to see they brought him back. Yeah. Is that the same actor? Yeah. Is it different? Yeah, it was. That's it is? I, yeah, it was. That's oh, why I'm nice. like, whoa, hey, you're finally acknowledging that failure and doing it a little better. <laughs> and uh, Professor X, which a nice little introduction there with the X-Men 97 theme song when he's rolling in. Oh, was he? I didn't hear it. I was paying attention. It was the X-Men 97 theme when he when he shows up. He looks so old. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm it's makes me sad. He's he, like he's been old for us for a while, but yeah. goddamn. I mean, he's in his 80s now. I'm I'm shocked he can even He's in really good condition though, you know, he's still walking. He's still he's still in major shows like Picard and this yeah. and I wanted to scream for joy when he did his callback line to X-Men Days of Future Past, but no one I missed it. He said just because someone stumbles and loses their way doesn't mean we give up on them or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, nice. but no one reacted to it. But inside, I was like, ah. I completely missed that. So it was, is that all the? Uh, that is that all is, the Illuminati? And, oh, and Christine, more... I guess Christine technically was part of them. She wasn't. She was like a scientist. On first the... of all, they didn't use Rachel McAdams that much in the first Doctor Strange. She was more of a gag. And this, she helped a little bit. Still underused. Still, still a waste of Rachel McAdams. Yeah. And we have, we actually have kind of a personal connection with her because she went to York. Yep, she went she to went our to school. York. She, before COVID anyway, she was kind of known for coming back to the school sometimes for, I don't remember if it was charity walks or, or maybe some, I don't have you, did you ever see her? Some kind of student march or something. I think she did come in our first year there. I don't remember. I saw her at TIFF. Mm-hmm. I like, she signed my friend's phone. She was this far away from me. I think you told me about that at the time. I yeah. freaked out. I was like, oh my God, it's Rachel McAdams. Childhood crush. You know, it's Rachel I, McAdams. I would like to meet her somewhere someday at a fan thing. She did not want to be there, but she was so nice to everybody. Like you could tell she was like very busy, but she did not want, she, she wanted to go. She's a very nice person. That's but you can, you can tell when like someone's just tired and wants to like yeah. go inside. Yeah. Comes okay. with the burden of being a celebrity, but she's a very exactly. nice person. Okay. So my... I'm going to get into my problems with the Illuminati now. They're all dead. Okay, well, there's, there's that. Okay, now here's where I get to the Deadpool 2 thing. My thing with Deadpool 2 is the entire marketing of Deadpool 2, this is where I get into spoilers, by the way, the entire marketing of Deadpool 2 built up to X-Force only to murder mm-hmm. them all off in the funniest freaking scene in the whole movie. I died laughing yes. when X-Force was getting killed off. Multiverse of Madness felt like the same thing, but I was not as happy about it because I feel like all of the marketing for Multiverse of Madness was teasing the Illuminati and Doctor Strange getting arrested. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was built up to be this giant plot point, very much like Deadpool 2, only to introduce them for a scene and kill them all off halfway through the movie. I think that's a fair comparison because the marketing led up to similar things. They were both in for X-Force and Illuminati were both in for one scene and they both killed them all off. The one... Deadpool 2, I was happy about it at the time because that, I felt my expectations were subverted mm-hmm. and it was hilarious. This time, I was just disappointed that they That's got... That's fair. Because the way they died was, like you said before, probably the best scene in the movie. Very, very well done. I did love that fight. But I wish they were used more. Just You set up mm-hmm. this really cool thing and I wanted it to be taken a bit more seriously and then, oh, whoops, they're just all dead now. Which, yeah, I think, and ugh. I think the reason why, even though they're both kind of built up the same way, the reason why it doesn't work here, in, in your opinion, is because this one's played up for drama, whereas yeah. in Deadpool 2, it's played up for laughs. Exactly. And when you're doing something for drama, it means this has more stakes than anything. And what the Illuminati is, I don't know if you know this, but correct me if I'm wrong, it's supposed to be like, is it supposed to govern like multiple universes, or is it just... The collection of, I feel like it's pretty higher. Much... It's higher than the Avengers. I'm losing my voice. I want to say they're essentially multiverse cops. 
I think they are. Which is, they kind of police the multiverse, but you, I think you know more about the Illuminati than I did in our last Marvel mm. talk. I didn't know anything about I know them, who not even a it. little bit. I know who was in it. I thought, because I saw, again, this, there's no, there's no, like, certainty with TikToks, but I saw a TikTok where, oh, someone messed up, and in the casting for Multiverse of Madness on the Cineplex website, they listed Tom Cruise. And there was a theory that Tom Cruise was going to come and play a different Iron Man. Because he was originally supposed to be cast as Iron Man in 2008. Which would have been hilarious, but they would have probably had to pay him a shit ton of money. Too much for a cameo. Probably the same reason Paul Bettany was not in this movie. It was just probably. It was too much. Yeah. And for all the. Too much for a cameo. And for all the guest stars, too. Now, see, that's the reason it bothered me once again. Because, okay, spoilers for. Everything. I'm going to say spoilers for all the old X-Men movies, but specifically Logan and X-Men The Last End. I did not need to see Professor X die again. <laughs> I <laughs> He's died so much. And this one was the worst. I know. He just got his neck snapped by Scarlet Witch. In the, I'm like... <sighs> by his daughter? He had such a great ending in Logan. And just to see him be brought back, just to die immediately again, that's that's a large part of the reason I was so disappointed with this. I wanted that brain fight to go on for so long. Yeah. Imagine a brain fight between Professor X and, and Scarlet, the Scarlet Witch. Now, like, I get in principle what they were going for. He was the final distraction for Christine in America to escape. Which, fine, he had a heroic sacrifice there. It was his. Visually amazing. Yeah, it was him that allowed them to get away. I don't mind that. I'm just sick and tired of seeing Professor X die over and over and over again. I'd hoped that they might actually use him better this time, but no, mm-hmm. they just brought him back again to kill him off, which feels like a massive waste to me. Yeah, that's really the only problem that I have with this movie is that there's just there was so much setup, and a lot of it is just happening in one scene, and then they move on. Mm-hmm. Even with the evil Strange, who is not from the What If? I didn't think so. He cartoon? has a different story. Like the what and if I cartoon don't... ended off with, okay, spoilers for what if, sorry. But in that, he, he ended up trapped in that His crystal ball. With, dome, yeah. Yeah, and this was not that. I so. also don't think, I think this is a different Captain Carter than the one in what if. Oh, probably, yeah. She's because with, she's, she's with Uatu and all those yeah, people. Yeah, and still. also, she's like, in, in this version, also awesome to see Peggy Carter back. Love her. Love her. She's Haley great. Atwell's amazing. Love her. She's got a jetpack, and I checked in, like, all the what-if clips and stuff. She doesn't have a jetpack. So jetpack was a cool addition, though. That made, like me that. Th- that made me theorize that this version of her doesn't have the super soldier serum. Because how do you get cut in half by the Captain America shield if you don't have the super soldier serum? Okay, now, to be fair, super soldier serum is not... It doesn't make you superhuman. Technically, it just makes you peak levels of physical right. fitness for a human. But that's it, though. Theoretically, yes, she could still get cut in half by a shield. She's tougher than a a regular human, but she's still a human. And there's going to be stupid comparisons. Was like, well, Steve got the shield thrown him, and he caught it, but Peggy didn't. So I I felt her death, in my opinion, going into very nerdy, which I told you when we were chatting one time was like, just watch the movie. But at this point, where they could have done her death, I think make a little more sense but also i honestly think maybe she doesn't have the super soldier serum in this version but other than that it was really cool to see a live action captain carter black bolt's death was the coolest one though oh my god that was amazing that was amazing his mouth gets closed by wanda and he he's like he's freaking out and he accidentally speaks and he blows up his brain genius sam raimi that's genius that gives my that two was thumbs amazing. up for that. And for everyone saying this was the first horror movie of Marvel, Mm-mm. it's not fucking scary. It was the scariest Marvel movie. They had a couple of good jump scares. There were some pretty intense moments, like the moment when, uh, well, the moment I thought was really intense was when Scarlet Witch first tried to dreamwalk and see the other version of herself, mm-hmm. and she's kind of stumbling around the kitchen until she gets her body yeah, taken. Yeah, that part was that done was, well. That was... Or even, I mean, it was kind of stupid at the end of the tunnel, how they're kind of just standing there. But when they're being chased by a bloody Scarlet Witch through the top, that was freaky too. Yeah. 
There were, I will say for a positive, the acting in this move in these movies are still done so well. They're giving they're, it their best shot. They're, they're doing the best. I don't know if Elizabeth Olsen, like if this is her last time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't believe it is. But, um, I doubt it. I mean, I doubt that, it. I mean, I was she's... angry. I was very angry before, but now that you said, it, I'm still mad that if they bring her back, it's going to be a cop out, but it probably isn't the last time we see her. Probably not. And if you guys watch older podcasts, we did say that for us, that this movie could make or break the rest of the cinematic universe. I'm closer right to now, breaking it, now. It is looking rough. I don't I'm know. Not happy. Here's the thing. I, here's the thing i'm um, here's my review it's this it's literally this because whatever whatever happens after this it could go from here to here but just one this was one of the few movies of phase four i was actually excited for and it still managed to disappoint me so that tells you what that tells you what you need to know right there I, like maybe they'll execute i don't know ms marvel or she hulk or black panther 2 or whatever else or captain right. marvel 2 fine fine but i'm not really excited for any of that after you know chadwick boseman's untimely Ugh. passing okay i'm not even excited for black panther 2 anymore it. i'm not over it he was the best part of it and i don't really want to see black panther 2 without him i, I was never to... she hulk could be interesting i'm interested but i'm not excited ms marvel the trailer did not do anything for me it doesn't look like it's marketed to no. Our demographic at all. It looks for maybe teen girls, maybe or twelve year olds. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's marketed. And her powers are different from the comic books. Yeah. So like I'll probably still watch it, but I'm not excited for it. Captain Marvel two seems once again I'm interested to see what they're gonna do, but I'm not excited for anything going forward. Yeah. Except more Moon Knight. More Moon Knight, more uh Fantastic Four. I will say Thor Love and Thunder. I am okay, I'm looking forward to I'm excited to Love for that. That one's next. That's the next movie after this. And this comes out yeah. this year, I think. Mm -hmm. I think in not June. That's a lie. July? When is uh I think July. Is it July? It's no way. Is it July? No way. August? July or August? Oh my god, it is July 8th. That's so soon. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, I'm definitely seeing that. But the reason why I think this film is disappointing to us. It's not that it's a, this is my opinion. I don't think this is a bad movie. I just think it could have been more because of where the MCU is right now. The stakes have to be incredibly high. I don't think you can do these, unless it's an origin story like Shang-Chi or even Black Widow with Florence Pugh's character, um, mm -hmm. Blanking. Oh, Elena, Elena, who, by the way, I have a crush on her too. I have a crush on many people. Florence Pugh is, yep. You see that trailer with her and Harry Styles? That movie? Don't worry, darling. I did not watch it, but I saw that. I'll watch it later, probably. It looks amazing. But yeah, I think the stakes need to be higher, especially for for this movie. Needed to is if you're bringing the Illuminati, who is supposed to be like. The Illuminati in the comic books, I believe, is like this secret organization. No one knows these people exist. Mm -hmm. They're a level higher than the Avengers. They're supposed to be about the smartest people there. Like, in the comics, I think it's Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Black Bolt, Mr. Fantastic, and I think Professor X. They're mm -hmm. the reason in the comic books that the Hulk got transferred to a different planet. To Planet Hulk? To Planet Hulk. That's the whole reason that he's there, because, like, you're too dangerous. And then he comes back and fucking murders all of them anyway. Huh. Spoiler alert. I guess my opinion on Doctor Strange is it gave me a lot of what I wanted. You said in the last Marvel one that you just, you just wanted weird. It gave me weird. It gave me the I more bold. It gave me weird enough. It gave me the more bold and crazy Doctor Strange that I wanted to see. Just crazier magic, crazier visuals. Mm-hmm. Beautiful looking movie. Like I said, I think it looks better directed than most Marvel movies, just visually speaking. Sam Raimi is very good at his craft. 
where it falls completely apart for me is the story because this is yeah. like I said before doesn't matter. This feels pretty much just like business as usual for Doctor Strange. I don't think he really grew or changed in any meaningful way after this movie. I cared about Wanda more than anybody else and even they well, you heard my rant earlier. I'm not happy with how they ended her story here. And she was the highlight of the movie. Elizabeth Olsen pretty much carried this movie mm-hmm. on her back and everything she else did I a could phenomenal ta- job. And everything else I could take or leave. It's entertaining, but is it good? Look, you know, this is one of those things as a critic. As a critic, I have to say, no, this movie is not great. It'll entertain you, but yeah. as a film, the quality is mediocre at best. This is the most, sorry, I would but say, yeah, I would say this is the most popcorn Marvel movie that there is, in my opinion. Because there's not, mm-hmm. there's literally, by the end of it, there's no stakes. Except maybe Doctor Strange is evil. Also, spoiler alert for the end credits: Charlize Theron's in it. Is that who that was? I didn't even. That's who it her, is. To be honest, and she's Clea, who is. I did some research. Doesn't make sense. Is the niece of Dormammu from the Dark Dimension in the first movie? It looked like a Dark Dimension they were going into. So that makes. I had no idea what was going on there. And again, second reaction was what. Like, again? The ending was extremely strange. So the, the movie ends with this eye opening up. What? Okay. And then the second scene. And then credits. He's, yeah. And then credits. And then the second scene, he's just still walking down the street like, oh, I guess he recovered from the eye thing. And then this lady just shows up out of yeah. nowhere and pulls him into a portal, which I'm this like, lady, okay. This lady? Charlize Theron, Joe. I'm talking the character. Is it too late for her to be in the MCU? Kind of. <laughs> it's... I think I think Marvel's jumped the shark at this point, and Endgame oh, was. They're getting every A-lister, or used to be A-lister. Yeah, Charlize is still big. She's a great she's... actress, and I think they're going to do well in their next movie together. She's a huge actress, amazing actress. But like, literally, my thought process when I saw her was, we could have used her earlier. Like, we could have used her star power earlier in this phase. That's not on them. Yeah. Oh, here's another positive. Bruce Campbell. That was a fantastic cameo. And the ending? It's over. It's over. (laughs) He's gotten old, too. I feel so old watching my childhood be old. Yeah. But he was great in it. And I was happy to see him as the hot dog guy. Yeah. I guess you do have to pay in this universe. I would love to be in that universe. Marvel? Or or that universe. There's multiple universes where you don't have to pay for food? What the hell? Most of them, apparently. What do you buy, then? Or maybe there's a universe where there's no currency at all. Maybe. Maybe just show up. Oh, my God. Imagine the chaos. Anyway. Things are more evolved. People just give out things. There's enough abundance to go around. Yeah. Okay, do you want to talk about Moon Knight? Do you want to talk about Moon Knight now? I was going to a segue, Joe. Sorry, segue. Segue away. (laughs) I pretend that didn't happen. Overall, I think the movie was okay. I don't think... I'm just disappointed. I think it was a, like a decent movie. Like, it was a fun movie to watch. But the reason I'm disappointed with it is because there's no stakes. There's literally no stakes at the end of it. That's my thought when I walked out. And when I walked out and I looked up at the sky and I saw, huh, a crescent moon. And you know what that reminded me of? My, favorite Marvel, my favorite Marvel show, Moon Knight. Oh, so you're, you're making that declaration. It's your favorite up top. Up. I think it is, it is just above WandaVision for me. Only because it is, it's shorter and more concise. Mm-hmm. And WandaVision's, the, the reason that they're a bit longer, because they want to go through all the eras yep. of television. But I think they really hit the stride with Moon Knight. Moon Knight. I, would, I would say, critically... I would say WandaVision is better, but Moon Knight's personally my favorite. I think that's even, even that's pretty tough for me as a critic, because as a critic, I do think Moon Knight was very well handled, and I, I'll talk about why in a sec, but I'm going to pause you for a moment. How long have we been going? 45 minutes. Okay. We can do it, Joe. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> so, Moon Knight... To me, the most, well, not the most, but one of the most impressive things about Moon Knight was the way this show was paced. I think a lot of TV shows nowadays have a very bad balance between 
they're either doing a crazy amount of action and have no real character development like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, or you go too far the other way and it's pretty much all talking, nothing happens. Moon Knight somehow struck a near-perfect balance between the emotions between its characters and also moving the plot forward without... It never slowed down to a halt to talk about people's feelings, and it never went too over the top with action that you didn't get any personal feelings at all. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm just annoyed with how many TV shows... Maybe I just watch too much bad entertainment, but it's just... It just... It stood out to me for striking that balance. So many things fail at hard nowadays. Yeah. And with Moon Knight, with me, it was like the first Marvel show where I started watching it late. Not because of non-interest or... It was literally just time. I went on vacation when the show came out. The first episode dropped. And I was like, I don't want to watch it on my phone. I'll watch it when I get back. And then I got COVID. And decided I'm going to play all of God of War. The entire series while I have COVID. So I watched it after the fifth one had dropped. I watched the first two one night and then I watched the next three the other night. And watching them all back to back is probably a different experience than week by week. I was watching it week by week. Because everyone had to theorize it. And as I as I was watching it, it's still it's I still think it's one. It's one of the best things that Marvel's ever produced, especially the fifth episode. Okay, now my my relationship with Moon Knight was the first episode I thought was freaking fantastic because, like I said, knowing pretty much nothing about Moon Knight, I love that it was a mystery. Stephen Grant is maybe the most average character, the most average Joe guy Marvel has ever made as a main character, which I thought was great. He's just, he's a socially awkward guy who you kind of pity because his mental health is dragging him down clearly but he's a good guy and you want to see him succeed mm-hmm. and it's it's like oh man this, this poor guy just can't catch a break and then as it as it's going you kind of slowly get the mystery and i was i was fully invested by episode one one of my absolute favorite marvel cinematic universe moments of all time is at the end of episode one when he's in the washroom beating on i think it's a jackal or something yep. he's, he's beating on the jackal and Steven's freaking out, and he looks in the mirror, and there's just Mark. Steven, give me the body. <laughs> oh, it. my God. The cinematography, the editing, the, the way the, um, the cameras are set up for... Uh, the mirror shots? or the Like, the, the mirror shots and the reflections. It is top-notch. And it's not the hardest visual effect to do, but it is the most technical even we it's did most, it with the steven yeah. back in the well not steven grant steven yes we've done yes Eccleston. we've done the mirror effect before yeah it is the most technical way to do it, and you have to be so precise and it's 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 relatively simple when your camera is stable mm-hmm. but when you're having a moving camera like it oh my god and the also fact the way that they not just the camera shots but when I'll say the scenes in episode five too, when they're both in the same place together and the camera's moving. I'm used to do like I'm good at I do that all the time for my Dude. YouTube sketches on a tripod. With the cameras moving and keeping them both in the same shot, that blew my mind. In that, that was hallway, fantastic. They're both in the hallway. They're both crossing each other. Like when they're checking the doors in that hallway. Yeah, I both... know that. I noticed that. And it blew How my the mind. fuck did they do that? And like you can no say clue. green screen, but like. Mm-mm. Oh my god. And like you check the visual effects and there's gotta be like fifteen roto artists. Yeah, I and that like that would have taken so much work. Okay, so I was gonna say before, so my, my relationship with Moon Knight is episode one got me very invested. Episodes two and three were good, but not as good as episode one, so I kinda I was still happy with it, but a little less happy than episode one. But then episode four drops and I'm still pretty invested and things are starting to ramp up. And then at the end of episode four, he freaking gets shot and dies. And now he's in the afterlife. And that, and that got me completely back into it again. I'm like, I said, I was kind of drifting off a little bit, but I'm locked in at the end of episode four. Get like, whoa, Mm -hmm. whoa, episode four was like a great bridge. It was a great bridge. And also just like a great, like, remind me of like Indiana Jones and 
even the mummy, the Brandon Fraser one, like just traveling in the tombs and yeah, yeah. that little adventure thing. And this show made me be like, maybe I should try anthropology. <laughs> maybe hmm. I should try archaeology as a backup career. But I just think Oscar Isaac does a phenomenal job. Maybe one of the MCU's all-time best performances in this six-episode yeah, series. Yeah, so, and he, he's not, I've told you this before, but he's not contractually obligated to show up in any more Marvel stuff. He better. We demand it. The fans demand because it. I think... Come back, Oscar Isaac, please. We beg you. <laughs> You're the only hope for Phase 4. But um, I'll even talk nice about the sequels if you'll come back, please. I was... Oh man, I think because he made a statement because he was in this, the sequels for uh, Star Wars, and he made a statement where where he said, "I don't really want to be part of a giant franchise again, just in case." But I'm not Adam leaving Driver. anything. I'm not leaving anything off the table. I think Adam Driver kind of came out of the sequels with the same mindset. He was the exposure was just too much. Yeah. So he's done well though afterwards. Adam oh, Driver. he's done. Oh, he's done great. But he's just, they both, him and Oscar Isaac both Oscar Isaac smaller. Oh my God. It's just phenomenal how he acts off himself. And he said that he used his brother as a stand-in to talk to himself. <laughs> which if you look up pictures, they look nothing alike. But he's like, this is the guy who's closest to me where we can both act like it. I don't know if his brother's an actor as well, but it worked. His performance is so incredible. You really believe that Stephen Grant and Mark Spector are two completely different people who just share mm-hmm. a same face. Oh my god, the costume. I would believe these guys are twin brothers. Every fight scene, I was like, fuck yeah. Every move Moon Knight did or Mr. Knight did, I was like, yes. The cape. I don't know why. The maybe cape it was, was beautiful. The cape. Maybe it was That's the costume. That's a comic book panel come to life. That's the kind yeah. of stuff I want to see in comic book adaptations. Him jumping over the building from the moon. Gorgeous. It's just... This was like a fun ride, and you knew the stakes. And then you get to the sixth episode where you're just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, Brian was saying before how I, I kind of complain about CGI and stuff a lot nowadays, and I... Giant crocodile versus giant bird skeleton. I do not mind CGI, but it just bothers me how I'm invested in this emotional story, but it seems mm-hmm. like every Marvel show, and well, even in the movies, every Marvel third act of a story has to end in a giant fist fight cgi battle which okay maybe that's what people expect out of superhero movies i'd be a little disappointed if there wasn't if there was a lack of action but you set up this relatively grounded for you know a series about egyptian gods story pretty emotional stuff about mental illness and multiple personalities and exploring mark specter's trauma and there's some real heavy stuff here the fifth episode. And then the end is just CGI fights and like a giant mm-hmm. bird guy knocking out an alligator. And best scene in the sixth episode really got me. Was is the one we when, don't see? Is the one we don't see. <laughs> I was, that got me bad. I clapped. I clapped. I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Cause they when set he- it up so well. Where, like, the third personality... He fades out, he fades Jake, out when Arthur Harrow's got him dead to rights, and... And then we don't see, like, how, how bold of Marvel would be like, imagine the final fight happens, but you don't see it. I thought they killed off Harrow there. I thought when he was holding the was body dead. bloody... I'm like, I thought he was... I'm like, did you just... Did you... So just- here's, my, here's my problem with the Marvel shows, where your critique for um, Multiverse of Madness, where they kill off every villain in the movies, every single Marvel show, this is the fourth one in a row... Where the main hero refuses to kill the villain. It's it's just it's just a thing that happens. Wanda didn't do it. Loki refused to do it. Well, a version of Loki refused to do it. Sam doesn't kill anybody. Well, he doesn't kill anybody but goons. But the thing about Moon Knight, he's killed so many people. Like, straight up murder. Like, he murdered goons to get to Arrow. Now, see, to me, the reason I didn't... I like... Well, you know, just as somebody who likes their superheroes more on the lighter side, usually, I don't mind that he refuses to kill Harrow because, yeah, the guy's a threat, but also Mark Spector never liked killing people, and he's been at the whim of Conchu for so long that this is his final act of defiance. He's like, screw you, I am not killing him just because you tell me to. <laughs> I won't do it. I don't see what the problem is with Conchu. They seem like, he seems like he's having fun in the suit. He's Maybe there's dip- some mentally tor- tor- torment going on. 
but he looks like he's having fun in the suit. He's a manipulator who forces Mark Spector into being a a murdering slave for protect the travelers of the night. It's a it's a con. It's a curse. Yeah, but if you're in that suit, I'll do it. <laughs> it's it's pretty well an Egyptian curse here. It's a lot of Egyptian curses. Yeah. That's a lot. This god pretty much forced this guy into a life of servitude to mm-hmm. be a, his own personal killer and assassin. Yeah. My only critique with Moon Knight is that you could argue that the second to last episode of Moon Knight is almost the same as the second to last episode of WandaVision, where Agnes is taking, or Agatha is taking Wanda to her past, trying to figure out where she got these powers and reliving traumatic events. I never thought about that. That's interesting. They do, they do play differently in Moon Knight and WandaVision, where in Moon Knight, it's Mark and Steven themselves doing it and unlocking their own trauma and accepting it. Where in WandaVision, it's just, here's how she got her powers. Oh, this is the scene that she talked about before of her and her family getting trapped by... Uh, a missile that was actually dead. Stark bomb, yeah. And one scene with her and Vision. What is grief and not love persevering? Ugh, what a line. I didn't get it the first time I watched it, and then I watched it the second time, I was like, damn. But in Moon Knight, the reason why the fifth episode is so good is because it deals with trauma so well, especially for a Disney movie. And Disney movie, Disney show. It's one of the most real things the MCU has ever done. Mm-hmm. Also, Layla's, Layla's great. Love Layla. Love Layla. Her suit is amazing. I don't know why she gets to fly around with hippo powers, but let's just let's move on from that. See, I like Layla because a lot of times in these Marvel movies, I'll say, for example, Layla compared to Christine Palmer. To mm-hmm. me, Christine Palmer is pretty much, when I think of her, the first thing I think of is, yeah, Doctor Strange is love interest. When I think of Layla, I don't think Mark Spector's wife. I think Layla is a character in her own right. I just like Layla. Yeah. And she happens to be married to Mark Spector, but I, that's not the first association I make with her. She's a good character in her own right. She's a badass. Yeah. She's just as brutal as Mark Spector in many ways. Oh, for sure. They're well suited. I like how the one girl's like, are you an Egyptian superhero? And she's like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But I couldn't tell if she had an accent or not during the whole thing. Because there were some maybe scenes where bit. like, she had like a little bit. So, but maybe it's like that WandaVision thing where it's her like accents fading in and out because she's gotten used to. But I don't know. I think she definitely had. Was, it was hard to pick up. Because what was her backstory? Like, was she actually from Egypt? And then she got. I think she's from Egypt. And she got. Yeah, she got like excommunicated or something. She got put on the run or something like that or yeah she's from egypt so maybe she moved to the states or something because yeah mark Spector's american so mm-hmm. i think that's where they and Cause british because when, and... when he first called her because i think what when he first was he speaking i don't know when he first when steven first got that call from layla and i think episode one or two it was from the united states wasn't it i think that's what they said sure so she came all the way to britain just because that's but a quick that, flight. I mean, it took, would have taken seven, eight hours, depending on where. Yeah, but the freaking, what do you call it? Oh my God, what do you call it? What's that phenomenon? Uh, oh my God, the <sighs> jet lag. Jet lag? The jet lag would have been crazy. Oh, probably. Apparently, Jake Lockley was speaking Spanish. Okay. I couldn't place it at the time because I was too busy clapping at the end credit scene i'm so excited to see more jake lockley i mean it's more moon knight see now the only question i have about moon knight from a logistical standpoint is i wonder how at the end that how mark got mm-hmm. led into the afterlife how did his heart's balance when okay steven went overboard fine right. really sad scene but if jake lockley was still a personality within him how did his scales balance because if there were more demons in there that he didn't get to balance you know in that i think it's because it's not something he created to deal with trauma but we don't I know think, yet we don't know what jake lockley was from but that's that's just my theory though because steven was he mark even like admits mark on purpose said he created steven to help him deal with his mother beating him 
And just to tragic go into story. the tragic, tragic story, which you don't really see that much. Because it's too real. It's, it's way too real. It's, and so that's why I think, and so that, and in turn, with all the trauma that happened to him as a child, Steven didn't just become a safety mechanism for him. It became an actual split personality. And also, well, I so, think part of the reason he left Layla and let Steven live in Britain was also because Mark wanted that normal life deep down. And even though he knew Mark Spector couldn't have that normal life, he was more yeah. than willing to let Stephen Grant be in control and just live out the life he never could. Well, he wasn't in so, control for the two months, though. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he, other than that. But I hear what you're saying. That was always his intention, though. So that's Stephen was to let Stephen. Yeah. But that's my life, theory is that Jake Lockley is just another personality that he didn't make up because Stephen was already there for him. It's just side effect of his split personality disorder. And maybe it's um, maybe it was Conchu maybe being like, okay, Mark is too laid back for me. I need someone more brutal. But isn't and that what, found the trauma. Isn't that what Conchu said, though? He at the end, he implied that he picked Mark Spector because he sensed the presence of Jake. Lockley. Oh, yeah, yeah. He wasn't picking Mark Spector for Mark Spector or Stephen Grant, but because he he sensed yeah. that personality, that that brutal assassin, that's who he wanted in the first place. I mean, you can argue where there is like, it's just like nature where there is like that evil, like animals anger inside all of us. And maybe the reason why Marx is a whole entire different personality is because of his disorder. But mm. there is that, there is a switch that every person has where if you get to like that anger point, you do just kind of go black and you just in terms of like in a fight or whatever. Yeah. Now one thing So I did... maybe so maybe Conchu sensed it and then maybe turned it up a little bit, but That's an interesting I don't theory. think I don't think Mark knows who Jake Lockley is. Oh no, no way, not even close. They have no idea. Because what I was about to say, one of my favorite parts of that last episode is when he's like, Yeah, leave us alone, us being mm -hmm. Mark and Steven. I might have to chop it a bit down just because my audio was not running like a fool. What is this podcast? What happened? We had such a good streak. We had tech difficulties today, okay? It's nobody's oh, fault. Lord. Just, it's just no one's fault. It's technology's fault. It's just happened. Just like the movie, we needed vision to help us out with so some tech we, stuff. We're going to cut out the Falcon and the Winter Soldier bit, but my, my basic thing was I don't like that he show. He loves it. Ryan likes that it. show. It's one of his not. favorites. He loves it so much. Especially. Yes, on, the, on the record, I love that show so much. It's nearly so good it's bad. <laughs> Unlike. <laughs> Damn. Why is he so good at reversing everything I say? <laughs> uh, years of practice with everyone in my life. Mm. It's a gift and a curse. Who am I? I'm Spider-Man. No, you're not. Spider-Man right, doesn't have that long of a hair. Is like one of his alternate versions is like Ben Riley have this long hair? I don't know. Sure. I feel like Ben Riley's he's a punk. He would have long hair. God, my, I just got a notification that scared the crap out of me. Anyway. <laughs> okay. It's just a virus protection. Don't worry about it. All right, let's wrap her up before more tech difficulties ruin it. All righty. So. so my review, doc, if we're doing our close-up review list, Doctor Strange, it's mid. It's a out of two thumbs up, two thumbs down. It's mid. It's like maybe here. Yep, agreed. Maybe like that. Moon Knight, I'm here, but like my thumb is tilting down. Moon Knight, it's great. It's Moon Knight's fun. great. It's tragic. It, Oscar Isaac is amazing in it. Con it manages to be real without being preachy. Yeah. The and only critique I have is that there's not enough Conchu. Conchu <laughs> is fantastic. Him. Oh, if, if I have to, okay, if I, if it wasn't recording, I'd have to repeat what I was saying before. I thought, okay, so Moon Knight, I said, effectively handles a story about a mental health crisis, what causes this kind of illness, how it can manifest, when and why, some of Marvel's heaviest subject matter without being coddling or heavy-handed, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier was how we brought that up in the first place. The conflict <laughs> is very matter-of-fact, and I appreciated that it wasn't, it was just telling a good story. And it was well written, and I'm happy with it. Yes, very well done. And I want that suit. 
I just want to wear it. Do you want the Mr. Knight Knight suit or the Moon Knight suit? Both. I feel like the Mr. Knight would be an easier cosplay. Yeah, but the Moon Knight one is cool because it got the hood. I don't know how you keep the hood on. What kind of suit is Jake Lockley going to get? You'll probably look that up in comic books. I don't know. There's there's probably a comic book costume for him. Moon Knight, but black. (laughs) Probably not. It's like extra dark. I don't even know. Extra dark. Extra, Extra spikes. Sure. Like he's a 90s character. I'm not a costume designer, I can't tell you, so. You're a it's costume me- designer, you should work in the 90s. Spikes, shoulder pads. <laughs> that is my, that's my, that's my era. Yeah, for some reason, like, fanny packs and, or like, pouches. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Pouches everywhere, for some reason. The most impractical tactical gear ever. Here's a lot of pockets. Alright, let's, uh, let's. Let's plug our socials and uh, wrap up this mess of an episode. Stupid tech difficulties. Maybe it's the multiverse. Yeah, there's another version of us that did perfectly. There's another version of us where you like Falcon the Winter Soldier. Do you ever thought of that? That version of me has no taste and I would not want to (laughs) meet him. There's a multiverse where they made a better movie. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you for watching Close Up. You can find me at Ryan Walker Official on Instagram and TikTok. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Thought Plane Media and our Facebook page with the same name. Find further film discussion and entertainment reviews on thoughtplane.ca forward slash articles. And if you'd be so kind, you can support Thought Plane Media on Patreon, link down below. Also, be sure to leave us comments and reviews, as that's a big help. And how about clicking that like button if you enjoyed this? We hope to see you on the next Close Up with Ryan and Joe. Till next time. Bye. What a mess. <laughs>